Guess what, everybody? What, what, what? We now have merch available for purchase what? at shop.buzzfeed.com. What? You can get your little another round t-shirt. Oh, shit. Some goodies, some swag. Look at us. Check it out. Uh, you can purchase our merch at shop.buzzfeed.com. Yeah. Upgrade your classics. Glow up. Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. Woo, Yes. Ooh, all right. All right. Woos. <laughs> the woos are out here. Yo. How are you? Tracy, I miss your face. You look great. You're glowing. Oh, my gosh. Stop. Ah. <laughs> I'm so excited to share this week's episode. What is it? What is it? What is it? So this is a fully live episode. What does that mean? It means that everything that you're about to hear was said and recorded in front of a live audience. So first of all, we have a live Stacey's Career Corner mm-hmm. recorded at the Green Space at WNYC. Yes. Uh, and we're excited because, you know, Stacey always changes people's lives. So why why would you not be excited about if that? If you're not excited, you should go just, to a doctor. Just go. Just go. Something's broken. <laughs> you're broken if you're not excited. Damn. I'm sorry. That's, that's I'm so cut sorry. deep. I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> you are perfect as you are. And then we're going to play a little bit of our live show from the University of Michigan, where we interviewed the amazing, Yo. amazing Yo. artist and musician Tunde Olani Ron. Yeah, he pulled me on stage to talk with him. Listen, Tracy was out here getting her life. There's video someplace. <laughs> I'm not telling you that you should go find it, but if you wanted to, you can. He's an incredible musician from Flint, Michigan, and we talked to him about all the things, music, mm-hmm. politics, water, etc. Also, he's just a very beautiful person to like behold. Flawless. Skin. Hair. What? The hair what? flip. What? 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 Mm. It's going to be great. Yes. Uh, I'm excited. Let's do it. I'm Tracy Clayton from Another Round with Heaven and Tracy. I'm the Tracy part. And of course, to my left is a woman who hopefully needs no introduction, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Um, She's wonderful. She's awesome. She's amazing. She's the smartest person I know. She's also probably blushing right now because she gets uncomfortable when I do this. Um, This is Stacey Marie Ishmael, who is basically the king of all of BuzzFeed's um, news apps. Okay. Stacey, ready? Let's do it. All right. Number one. All right. I'm really excited about this question because I feel like I could have asked it myself. I'm an introvert. How can I establish myself as an effective employee without burning out my emotional resilience? So I'm, I'm also an introvert, and people never believe me when I say this, which Same. is part of the problem. Right. Um, if you are a manager, there's a book I really recommend. It's by Susan Cain, and it's called quiet (laughs) and it's a fantastic freaking book and the thing about a lot of workplaces especially in media is they require you to be switched on in a way that is incredibly exhausting like after this I'm gonna go home drink wine and scroll through my twitter feed for like five hours and not talk to anybody just to be able to recover (laughs) you know um it's not your fault (laughs) but this is how I know what I need to do but when you're in an environment in which you know people are like constantly sharing stories or talking about their weekends or just being professionally appropriately vulnerable. You feel like you need to, to be part of that or they're like, hey, we're all going to see like a game of some sport after. <laughs> <laughs> you should come. And you're like, I don't want to. <laughs> 
you know, so what I, what I have come up with is, and this, this works for me, but you have to find what works for you. I'm like, how many things can I say yes to before I hate everyone? <laughs> and how do I avoid getting to that point? And so through much trial and error, I can say yes to approximately one and a half things a week that require me to be in like social contacts where there's lots of people and lots of small talk and lots of, you know, how are you things um, before I just like deep, deeply resent everyone else that I'm exposed to <laughs> that day. This is like only my first thing this week, so you're all fine. Uh, <laughs> Yay! But I also think that employers and managers and colleagues have to figure out what is the difference between somebody who is introverted or sometimes shy, and those are not the same things, I'm not shy, um, and somebody who just like doesn't like you. <laughs> like, which also you don't have to be friends with your colleagues, right? Like that is not actually a requirement of an employment contract, but... I think a lot of workplaces over-optimize for everybody should hang out, everybody should really like each other. If you work in a place where you genuinely like the people that you are working with, more power to you. But if you are just in a situation where you know that a certain amount of socializing, maybe with clients, maybe with your managers, maybe with your colleagues is part of the job, then you need to build that into your schedule, you need to build that into your routine, you need to be in a place where like, okay, if Every other Tuesday, there's a thing that we have to go to. What is the minimum amount of time that I can be there? How can I act appropriately while I'm there and make a quiet exit and be like, cool, I'm out? You know, <laughs> that's what you need to do. Um, if you have signed up to the kind of job where that is one of your expectations, then you need to adjust the rest of what you're doing around it. Because it's unfair that that is one of the expectations of the modern workplace, but that is the reality. And until you're at a point where you are the boss, or you are working for yourself and can therefore like hang out in your room all the time um, <laughs> and avoid these situations entirely. Like figure out the ways, figure out what your minimum thresholds are, figure out how you can effectively design a routine that helps you recover. Right, so like one of my favorite things, like I said, just scroll through Twitter for five hours, but it's also just reading a book and not looking at screens um, or not answering my phone or you know switching off my email. There are definitely things that I can do and sometimes I have the luxury of an entire day to do that. Sometimes I only have 45 minutes, you know, and so for me, if I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh no, I have three meetings back to back, can I for 10 minutes go outside and take a walk and just like recenter? That's something that I have to be really vigilant about doing. Let's say that you are an introvert and you work for somebody who doesn't understand it and thinks that you just hate everybody and That's they're like totally kind of coming down on you kind of hard. <laughs> what can you do in that situation? I would ask a question like, I get the impression that you think that I, I'm not a team player, which is often what that is about, right? Like mm -hmm. they're saying that, you know, like all of your colleagues are doing these things and they're going out and they're doing these things. Um, I find it really hard or I find it really exhausting or I get tired very quickly. Is there something else that, or, you know, is, is this affecting my performance in a specific way? Or like, help me understand what my general inability to function in social situations is how like how is this harming the team how is this harming our relationship because i think people often don't know what they're reacting to but they're reacting to something mm. and this <laughs> minority flag the the thing about being the different person in the workplace is you often have to do the work of explaining to that person <laughs> like why the situation is not in fact <laughs> what they think it is oh and how gosh. can you the person who shouldn't have to do the work help them understand their perspective and like how they can make this easier for you. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've definitely run into that. And it was in a situation where I worked in technology for a minute and 
everything was always after work and it always involved Bay and I hate Bay so much. And so my way around this was I would sometimes volunteer to organize things at wine bars instead because I like wine. <laughs> and that was totally reasonable or something that just didn't involve alcohol whatsoever. And, you know, so it's like, how can you, what are, what are the systems that you're operating in and how can you find the loopholes and still get what you need out of them? I feel 200% smarter. <laughs> Does anyone have a question for Stacey Marie? Hey. All right. So when I started um, at my job, I was an editorial assistant and I quickly climbed the ranks because I kind of was doing everything. <laughs> um, but I still find myself in a situation where I'm still sometimes asked to do these sort of assistant tasks. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out basically like the best way of um, not doing that stuff anymore. <laughs> there's no question. one There's no one below me who could do it. Um, so... I feel like that's maybe why, but like, I just, I don't know. I mean, I think you've handle. identified two things, right? Like if there was work to be done and there's nobody to do it, you'll need to hire somebody. <laughs> but also often people are asking you to do things because they're still associating you with your previous rule. And like internal communications has never been the strength of any company in the history of companies. Um, sometimes I will flip the question. I'll be like, I don't have time. But if you ask so-and-so, like if I do know if there's somebody else to do that thing, or have you tried? <laughs> right, like one of, one of my favorite things is showing somebody where they can get that information or how they can get that information, or in fact, just building the tools so that the next time when somebody asks me for that thing, I'm like, here's a link <laughs> like, that you can do that. You know, so I would say that like, there's, there's two things. It's figuring out, is somebody asking you because they still think that is your responsibility? And you need, then you need to disabuse them gently of that notion. The first time, the second time, you don't have to be so nice about it. Or are, is there, like, are there actual things that need to be done by someone? If it's no longer your responsibility, then who can you talk to about making sure that, hey, like, these things keep happening, we're not doing these things because of this. Um, if you can tie that back to, and therefore we're wasting precious dev time or design time or money, um, which is usually the only three things that get people to hire somebody, uh, how can you do that? And then finally, just kind of figuring out, like there are times when I say yes to things because it's actually genuinely useful for me because I learn how to do a new thing or I get into a meeting that I wasn't otherwise invited to, you know. Um, and so like, it's just about figure out why those questions are coming to you and then how you can deflect them either organizationally or interpersonally. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Oh, wait, 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 wait. If you, <laughs> like everyone else, is like, I need more Stacey Marie in my life, how can people follow you? S underscore M underscore I on Twitter. Yay. <laughs>to have him on because he's both uh, incredible artist but also very local to Michigan and we really want to spend some time here thinking about the community shout and out to Michigan yes shout out to Michigan yes. 
So we're very, 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 very pleased to introduce to you all Michigan, Flint, Michigan native, local, Tunde Olaniran. Um, he's been running about in the New York Times, the Rolling Stone, NPR Music, Pitchfork, and probably every single publication that you read. He's released his debut album called Transgressor in 2015. He may, maybe we can convince him to do a performance for us. Ooh. Maybe, maybe. I'll see if I can get my charm, my charm game up. Oh, you're so charming, Tracy. Bam. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tunde Olani Ross. Hello, hello. Welcome to another round. Thank you for having me. Melanin popping. Yes. We're going to talk about your skincare regimen later. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because I need, I need the secrets, like the butters. Sweating like a lot. Like the butters lately. <laughs> so your full-length album is called Transgressor. Yeah. What does that mean? As an artist and just living, living my life, uh, I've just found myself up against a lot of boundaries. And... I was always really interested in the idea of transgression because it's almost like in society, a lot of times the reaction to what people see as a transgression is more violent and extreme than what the act was itself. Mm, like so what? Like wanting someone to call you the gender you are, like in middle school, like we're having a huge fight in Michigan about that right now and in states around the country. And it's like, woke? I'm a little woke. He way I'm woke. Little, yeah, he extra like, woke. You know, it's just kind of it's just kind of strange to me, and so I was really fascinated by that. Mm. So, so the album talks about those themes. So how did you start doing music in Flint? I got on Fruity Loops. You know, are there any musicians hey, in the audience? Fruity Loops. Other people? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just making really crappy music for a while, and then um, I was in a like a punk band, and Flint was really fun to be in a punk band because there's a lot of like underground shows and house parties, and then. Just like, hey, fuck, I want to just dance around and, and rap a little bit and let me see how this works just being by myself. So for me, the biggest hurdle has been like songwriting and writing complete songs, like learning how to do that. Do you identify more as a, as a singer or a rapper or is that, is that a meaningful I'm distinction? I'm a vocalist. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny too because I, I'm not like rap. The rap world is something that I really respect, and I so many different MCs in Detroit and Flynn and beyond that I I've come up loving, and I never want to be like, yeah, I'm an MC because to me there's a lot more to that than hmm. just rapping and like pretending you're whatever. So I, I stick with vocalists because for me it's about the overall picture. I'm not gonna compete on that level with like an MC. Or, yeah, I'll stick with just vocalist. Hmm. In addition to being an amazing vocalist and somehow finding the time to make these beautiful, beautifully stunning videos. Everybody go home and like watch every single video on YouTube. They're so good. You also have a day job, as yes. most of us do, yeah. at Planned Parenthood. Yes, Planned Parenthood. And yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Based on that, I have a question. Do you consider yourself an activist? You know, I've thought about that, and I've, I've, I don't now. I consider myself an advocate. I think that activism and organizing are so in really intense work. And for me, I want to be an artist, but I don't want my art to be about just bullshit nothing. So I want to be able to advocate for things that, are, that I think are important to talk about and conversations that are important to have in my work. And I love connecting folks. And I think that sometimes it can be really daunting to think, 
I'm not marching in this march that people mm-hmm. are marching in, and, and I can't march. Like, you, you don't have, that doesn't, that's not the only way to, like, be an advocate about things that are important to you. So I'm trying to make myself be okay with not being the person that's, like, necessarily marching, but maybe connecting folks or getting people funding for something. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. So what were some of the most important spaces for you growing up? My, Flint and beyond. Oh, my mind. <laughs> that sounds mm. so cheesy, but just being like, I was an only child and just spending a lot of time in my own imagination. And I think a lot of that is in, is in the music too. And a lot of that is in the stage show. So like when I do, when I do live stuff, it's kind of just me wanting my subconsciousness to be on stage. So there's a lot of like costume and, and I do choreography and um, just me playing around in my bedroom basically, but on stage <laughs> as a little kid. Yeah. So you grew up in Flint. Yeah, my mom is from the Flint area. Who's, is anyone from Shout Flint? Shout out to Flint. Hey. Hey. Um, yeah, my dad is from Nigeria, and they met in Flint. Hey, Niger uh, in the hey, house. Hey, hey. I see you, my brothers. I see you, my sisters. <laughs> hey. um, so they met in Flint. They it, met in Flint. Yeah, they, Flint was kind of popping at one point. Really? What? Describe this era. Describe yeah. this time. Flint was like an international hub. It, it was actually Flint was the first place where the community school system was created in, in the United States. It was kind of one of the birthplaces of the middle class. So there's a lot of history in the city, and there was a ton of wealth. You know, there was a ton of wealth. And um, my dad actually, his family was a was a contractor, and they sent him to go to college and he fell in love with my mom and they basically disowned him. <laughs> like, we're like, well, now I gotta join the army. So we, we like oh, lived in Germany for a little bit and visited and lived with some of his family in the UK. And are then there, being in the UK was kind of are interesting Are there black too. people in Germany? I remember being in Germany and going to a doctor's office and a little girl, she'd never seen dark skin. So she was like touching it. I remember <gasps> this, I remember really vividly How when old I was were you? young. Um, gosh, I was probably, five or six, but I still remember that. And I think it's probably different now, but even in the UK, like being in, a, in an immigrant community, it's almost like you're not in the UK, like you're in Nigeria, because your whole family, everything, like I, we lived in the hood. Like if you say Holloway Park from someone from London, they're like, oh, it's like, it was mm. kind of a different experience, so yeah. Wow. So while you were in Flint, like what was your relationship like to your Nigerian identity? It was kind of fractured. I mean, we would, we'd get to travel, because um, my mom's family is more in Flint, so whenever I would get to go to like, it's weird because there were times when we were like homeless at some points, and my mom would send me, because she was like, I'm gonna go travel and get work, and she would send me to live with my uh, grandparents in the UK for like long stretches at a time. So that it was like bursts of like, you have to be a Nigerian, like, ah, nothing, you can't be an individual, and then I'd be released from that. <laughs> so um, I think that, too, made me probably really defiant. Like, I don't like being told what to do, and <laughs> stuff so, like just having to be around them. Mm-hmm. I feel like we would be remiss to not talk about the Flint water crisis, because, I mean, the thing that happens with, like, news stories, quote-unquote, is, like, you're fed this one image or this one story. You have no idea how accurate it is because nobody's talking to the folks actually tied to the land and on the ground and, like, in it. Mm -hmm. So what do you want people outside of Flint to know about what's going on there? I would say right now what people don't know is that the response is still really uneven. So, like... There's a lot of arrogance, actually, I well, think, in the response. Mean? 
You know, the issue had been raised months prior to the major news outlets getting it, mm. but I think the problem was it was working class people, women of color, women who were organizing who weren't seen as legitimate, and mm. you can't ignore these people because they don't fit an ideal of like, this, this person isn't a professional, they're not, they don't have this title. So I feel like that's a really important thing to say. But also, the water is still fucking poison. Like, the water is not okay. And people, mm. people think it's, it's okay now, but like, I basically take really short showers, but I know my water isn't safe. So wow. I think people need to understand that. And it's, it's kind of like all over the city. There's not like, this neighborhood is okay, this neighborhood isn't. It's, you have, it's like a horror movie, kind of. Like, mm. you don't know what's happening with your water. And um, we need to put pressure on our legislators to, to really... I'm going to get technical, but we need to push for more appropriations for, for aid to Flint. So if you ever see that come across your timeline or whatever, you need to support that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like it's clear what's being done about the situation? Or, you, or does it feel like you're just kind of waiting to see if maybe one day you'll hear that something's being done? Uh, what you see happening more is people on the ground who are not necessarily big organizations doing, because it's like a mobility issue, so you might have a water pickup, but the National Guard only lets you take one case a day, mm. and so you have to drive to this place and get one case a day, and that doesn't even bathe like your family. Mm. So you see things and you see all the trucks and like pictures of it, but the need for actual clean water that's safe is so high um, that it's still an ongoing crisis. I know other things come up in media, but don't forget that this is still happening. Like you just referenced going to pick up a case of water. Mm-hmm. Do you do that every day? Can you get tap water and boil it and use it? Do you have to like ration drinking water versus cooking water versus cleaning water? Like what is it like right now? I mean, I can't speak to everyone's individual experience. And I think one of the problems is that media outlets want you to have one story for everyone. Um, But I will say like, there's levels of uncertainty and people are often just kind of gambling with their health because they're making practical choices of like, I can't, Mm. I can't buy all these filters. I'm hearing that a lot of these, a lot of these filters aren't working, especially that are being given out. Mm. So a lot of times people are like, I'm taking the less risk with my children, but like putting myself at risk. And then like older folks, like elders, who don't necessarily have, honestly, like the health department sent out a Facebook note once. That was like, instead of a media set of ads, or they was like, like, we're gonna do a Facebook ad to like get you to know. So there were elders who were still boiling their water, which makes the lead worse. Mm. You know, so there's really like, there's a really uneven response and uneven communication. And I think a lot of times it's arrogance getting in the way because organizations will come in and say, like they'll sweep down like an owl and be like, all right, I'm here. (laughs) I'm going to tell you how to organize yourselves. Like we're from this other city and we're really smart and we're research-based and we have um, research-based solutions. (laughs) So, you know, you get that. And, but oftentimes they're, they're reinforcing these same racist, oppressive relationships because mm-hmm. they're like, we know what's best for you yeah. and we're not going to yeah. listen to you. So, uh, Do you feel like uh, there's a presidential candidate who'd be best for Flint or at least worst, maybe? <laughs> like not as horrible? <laughs> yeah, just not as bad? <laughs> I definitely feel like the Democratic debate came through Flint. Mm. Only one candidate still regularly brings up Flint, um, and that's Bernie Sanders. So I'm not like, 
I think people I think people should be engaged and and vote. I'm not saying you should vote for one person or another. I think you should just like vote and, and if if you're able to and, and believe in that. But um, it it definitely feels like for me, the national campaign is one thing, but like a lot of times we don't focus on our local leaders where we have more influence. So I feel like that to me is like really important too. And we need to re repeal the emergency manager law in Michigan. So that's like a bigger deal for me. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about your music. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, okay. How would you describe like your, your sound? It's kind of abrasive, but in a cool way. I, so I say, I usually say it's like MIA meets Kanye West. That's like when, I, when I have to give a blurb for something. So, ooh, ooh. That's a ooh. good one. I love it. Um, it's, um, <laughs> it's like that a little bit. It's just, there's a lot of melodic elements, but I love, especially being in a band, like I like really harsh sounds too, I guess. I don't know. You like Mickey Blanco? Yeah. So like, Martian in the Front is a song that I like, is a great example of blending those like really abrasive mm. sounds, but hip hop too, so I like that kind of music. Word. Yeah. You could definitely hear the MIA and the like, Yeezus in, the, in, in your work. Yeah. <laughs> what I really admire about your sound is it really feels like it's pulling from a lot of genres and even like, you know how uh, like sound effects people on movies, like they make like bacon sounds out of like <laughs> raindrops or some shit, you know? Bacon sounds? <laughs> uh, the sizzling of bacon. Thank you, everyone. Wow, they were like, hey. I'm out here. I got yeah, friends pretty too. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I mean like I, I read somewhere that you had like a parrot sampled in your song. I was so excited like, to I have this that. fucking like Mex Mexican parrot I that parrots. I use in like, I've used in five songs and it sounds different every time. I just like weird sounds. All the promises getting made I'm under the You also have a very, very distinct, um, clear vision in your in your videos, which I really love and appreciate. Your videos are beautiful. People be drawing the ball in their videos. Stunning. Listen, but oh how do you God. think about like the visual element of your of your music? Because you do a lot of the choreography and also the makeup for your videos, right? And yep. the the design. Yeah. How do um, you do it all? They're stunning. Everyone has visions. It's just maybe having the people around you that can help put it together or figuring out how to make it happen. Because we've never had a big budget for anything we've done. I'm usually backstage like putting on makeup on my dancers and like finding like clearance racks. For, by the way, shopping for my dancers is the funniest thing because I'm usually like at Forever 21 going through racks. Someone's like, excuse me, Ken. I'm like, I don't work here. I just have like piles of clothes. They're just like, oh. Like, I'm always in women's clothing stores like hoarding like three of everything. Like, ah. But um, yeah, like the visual thing when I, I don't make a song if I can't picture myself performing it or like having a video for it. So mm. it's already visual when we're like when we're making it. Mm. Um, and then tapping into those into those pockets of creativity where you kind of are stereotyped Detroit or Flint as being like, there's nothing here, it's not New York, it's not LA. There's amazing creatives all all over and they've inspired me so much to like push myself further and not just settle for whatever, you know? Mm. Word. So um we are nearing the end of the semester here at UMich, right? I'm wondering if you can give a bit of advice to the people who are graduating, leaving the security of a structured program, 
and going out into the world where they may feel like I have to do X, Y, and Z, but I really want to go left and do A, B, C. Like, what advice do you have for people who are probably having anxiety attacks? Like, I have no idea what to do once I leave you, Mitch. Run! No, no, I feel like you, no. Like, really, for me, it was being okay knowing what I'm happy and not happy doing. So, like, knowing how you like to work, because I think it's not just what you do, but the process of working. Like, I realize I need things to end. I can't do the same thing every week or month or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, treating everyone around you, like, amazingly, because that person in three years will be, like, running something that you want to, like, be a part of. Like, Listen. literally. Don't, don't look at up here. Look around you, because those mm. people will be, like, your hookups and networks. Mm -hmm. And um, look at examples of people doing things in the unique way that you want to. Like, I didn't think about, okay, I like art. I could do creative direction. I could, I could work on other people's. And I looked at examples. I was like, who did the Watch the Throne tour? Who designed that? I know it wasn't like Kanye. Like, like who designed that? And so I looked up the woman who designed it. And I'm like, oh, this is her job. Mm. She's like booked out for four years doing operas. And she did Miley Cyrus. She, she, you know, wow. I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. That's great. So trying to think really specifically, really specifically about what makes you happy and how, what kind of, what process of working makes you happy. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, awesome advice. We'll climb the wall when we can take no more fear to fall. We can make a no find away. Always sorrows can break when you're a transgressor. We have literally pages of questions that we would like to ask you. I would love to sit and listen to you talk forever and ever and ever. This just means that we have to come back to Michigan and do another Please, show yes. so we can talk to you even longer. Um, but before we let you go, we're going to do our fun segment in case you weren't having fun up until this point. Hopefully you Finally. are. Finally. No, yeah. Finally <laughs> fun. <laughs> Finally. Um, so this segment is called Pew Pew Pew. These are finger guns and <laughs> rapid fire. Da, da, da. I want to get right into the good shit. What is your favorite thing about Cardi B? Slash, what is your favorite Cardi B quote? I'm obsessed with Cardi B. Cardi B, if you're listening, come on the show. Please. Come on the show. Yes. I I think she once was like. Yo, everyone talks about they love you. Like, you don't love me? Like, she's like, she said, you don't, like, everyone will say, she's like, love shouldn't be cheapened. And I was like, that's such a great, Cardi, yes. you're a philosopher. Like, yes. I didn't. Yes. Um, and I love, I just really like the fact that she is open. Yes. She just seems, like, really open to stuff, to, new, to learning or thinking about new things. So I think it's really important. And she's just a thousand percent herself. And what pisses me off is that the thing that you just said is beautiful, but there are people who would discount her because of the way that she talks, the way that she looks, because she's just a regular, degular, schmegular girl from the Bronx. You know, Cardi B is life. I'm writing Cardi B in for president. Damn it all. I am, I am. Um, if you don't know who Cardi B is because you don't watch reality TV like myself. How dare you? <laughs> Love and hip-hop is everything. Her, uh, we'll debate. <laughs> you may know we her can do that. from the iconic Vine, A Ho Never Gets Cold. Ooh. That's how I know her. That is how I am familiar. It's cold outside, but I'm still looking like a daddy because a ho never gets cold. It's cold outside, but I'm still looking like a daddy because a ho never gets cold. And I love her already. <laughs> That's how I figured out that I would make a terrible hoe. I'm trying to be a better one. <laughs> but I'm either too hot or too cold. I just, my body won't yes. cooperate. I'm working uh, on it though. I'm how do it 2K16? How do it 2K16? Oh my God. I'm working on it. 
What is your favorite snack? Ooh. All right. I'm very invested. Yes. Yes. So there's this place called Bread and Rose in Flint on Corona Road. If you're ever in Flint, they sell the best pitas in the world. They melt in your mouth. Mm. I take a pita, cut it in half, take brie, some, some cream, some cheese, and then some cherry jam Ooh. and eat that. And it's, the, it's weird, but it's so perfect. You it's said so cream good. cheese? Uh, brie, it's like a soft cheese. Oh, brie. brie mm-hmm. mm. It's very good. Um, I'm Heaven's very like, into cheese. <laughs> I'm intrigued. It's good. You got to get the right pita, though. Mm. Okay, important. okay. Um, who's your favorite choreographer? Because, again, you choreograph many, most, all of your videos, right? Um, Lizzie Wicks. She's an Australian choreographer. She's really cool. I feel like, I feel like choreography now is a lot of, like, fast stuff, and, like, she takes her time and gives you, like, moments and pictures. So I'm into Lizzie Wicks. Mm-hmm. What are your most used emojis? And don't tell me the plural of emoji is emoji. I'm saying emojis. <laughs> Wait, is the plural of emoji really emoji? Yeah, fuck that. Nah, it's not. No. <laughs> nah, son. That's ridiculous. The emojis. I used three emoji today. That's not right. <laughs> exactly. That's not right at all. Favorite emojis. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. On social media, I use the black moon because I like, I love, I just like, I am dark and I love my skin. So I'm just like, yes. the dark moon. And then Beautiful. The, when I'm texting, it's the face, the like, oh. the <laughs> scream, the munch. Yeah, that's why I was just like, oh, God. So. Okay, I'm not supposed to ask this because I got the one more question thing a while ago. But speaking okay. of your skin, how you are just just velvety and just so well, is it the butters? <laughs> Are you using the butters? What butters? I don't, <laughs> I, don't what be, I, don't butter, I don't butter my face. I don't do butters on my face. I keep it simple. I use, I use like really, really simple stuff and don't, I feel like doing the most mm-hmm. and drink a ton of water, mm. like a ton, 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 ton of water. That's, oh my that's gosh. It. I feel like I drink seven gallons of water every day and I'm still just like, where's, um, Where's, your skin when is, is it happening? glowing, Tracy. Your skin looks amazing. Oh I'm like God. right here. It looks great. Right? Now I feel like it looks like I was fishing for a compliment. I was not. Right. It looks great. You. It looks amazing. No, it's really good. Yeah. Thank you, but I disagree. <laughs> what is your favorite go-to karaoke song? Ooh. That is important. Thank great you. One. It is. I added that question. So I did karaoke at, what is that, Circus Bar in Ann Arbor? Oh, my God. So that's where the after after party is apparently. Okay. Um, I don't like karaoke personally, oh but God. I was but the last song I was forced to do by a friend, <laughs> she oh made me do Destiny's Child Bootylicious by myself. Because it was her birthday and she was like, you have so people are like, what's going on? I'm all they're like, what yes, are you doing? Yes, so it was a circus bar moment, and people were like, okay, well, he's doing it. So the streets had told me. <laughs> the streets of you, The streets be talking. The streets run their mouth that you are going to do a song for us. Yes. Tell us the about the song. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So um, I had a choice, and I, I was gonna let you all make it, okay? So do you want woke, or do you want woke and like turned up? Do you wanna turn up? So if I turn up, you have to like stand up, respect the equipment and the space, but I need like people to be up, is that okay? Uh-huh. All right, so I'm gonna do a song called Namesake, 
and yes. uh, it's just about being being yourself. But it's a, it's a really fun song. So yeah. all right, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tunde Olani Ron with Namesake.
to just sit with our blessings after that performance. Mm. That's what time it is. It's also time for Tracy to catch her breath because she has not worked out. You know what, listen, it be like that. In a long time. Um, it's also time for uh, rounds. Ooh. All right, Tracy. <laughs> Skew me, that was rude. <laughs> um, ramp, baby, come through. You deserve rounds tonight. Thank you, everyone. That was beautiful. Come on, choir, one time. <laughs> All um, right, Tracy. I, I, no, no, no. I haven't fully decided on my round yet, so you got to go. Okay, wow. <laughs> the show is today. It's actually yeah, right now. it's <laughs> happening. You're right. Uh, first of all, I want to buy a round for public libraries. Yay! Or as I like to call them, labbers. The lever. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> um, for real though, I feel like I, I revisited my uh, childhood library and it was definitely one of those things where I'm like, wow, this is way smaller than I thought it was. Aww. But you know, as a kid, you're like, oh, this place is full of wonder. Yeah. Um, and we were broke, so that's where we went. <laughs> 
And I Price. like that they rewarded you for having the like summer book club. <laughs> oh, you, know? you mean like Book It? I don't know what they're called. Y'all remember yes. Book It? Book It was dope. Yeah, Book It was amazing. As a kid, because we didn't have cable and we were broke, and my parents never let us watch movies. <laughs> a lot of reasons. Uh, the library was, our, was where I picked up some entertainment. Um, one of those VHSs was a Goofy movie. Ah. The 1995 classic. Um, everyone knows the Goofy, uh, goofy movie soundtrack slays. So I am kind of confused by the universe of the Goofy movie because Goofy's a dog, he's a dad, he's a single dad, uh-huh. and he has a pet dog. A question, a question. Trish so has a question. since Goofy is a dog mm-hmm. and his children are dogs, mm-hmm. he found another dog to mate with. Another dog that stands on two legs, like him and his cheerings. Yeah. Cool. This is what I'm confused about. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so this movie's kind of confusing to me still, but uh, there's, this kid, there's this kid, Max, and he has a crush on this girl named Roxanne. Roxanne is all the, also a dog. Roxanne, Roxanne! But she has the figure of an Instagram uh, honey. An Instagram honey. I want to be your man. Even though she's a dog. Shout Anyways, out to the adults in the audience. I'm uh, sorry, I'm done. Go ahead. Are you done? You good, you good, you good. You got it, you got it. The adults in the audience, they also watched a Goofy movie because it's bomb. See, they're out here confirming. Anyways, soundtrack <laughs> is the best. And there is this uh, fictional singer in that universe named Powerline. Y'all are ready. Uh, Powerline is a, a lightweight Miguel, if you will. Oh my God. And I just like that they had black singers in this universe. And I recently learned that singer is Tevin Campbell. I got another question. I got another question. What? So Roxanne was clearly black, right? Yeah. That she had the fresh perm. Black. She had the mole. She black. She, yo, she's Mariah Carey. What? Low key. Look it up. Look it up. I will do that later. No, she's not. She's not Mariah Carey, but she she's not lightweight actually. Mariah Carey. What? what I'm saying. Follow me, people. Follow me. I did not know me. Mariah Carey worked on the Goofy movie. I didn't. <laughs> This is news to me. Anyways, so he's trying to impress her and he sings this song that his favorite Powerline dude sings and I fucking love this soundtrack. And we're gonna play a little clip for you. I'm not gonna actually sing. I'm just gonna mouth it. Kevin Campbell right there. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm in it. I'm in it. All right, Tracy, do you have your round yet? I kind of have two rounds. Okay. I know for sure that I want to buy a round for grapefruits in general. Come on, family. Come on, church. Come on, now. I did not and know that many people like grapefruit. Okay, if one person had clapped, I would feel like I have a community because I feel <laughs> okay. like grapefruits just get such a bad rap. They're delicious. They're so sour. Okay, that's when you need to be Southern and just put sugar on it. What? You just sprinkle sugar on the top. You cut a grapefruit in half, you sprinkle sugar on the top, 
You cut the little wedges. Yo, wait, time out, this is important. Do y'all know about grapefruit spoons? I do not, I honestly don't. A grapefruit spoon is a hybrid spoon and knife. So it's like a tri it's like a spoon-shaped spoon, right? But these, like these two little curves on the side are serrated. So you just you just stick your, you oh, know what I mean? You just like put a... your spoon in the grapefruit. Bam, bam, bam. So you don't need a knife to cut your little wedges and then a spoon to eat it. You just cut and eat with the same. Listen, whoever that did that. Is that specifically for grapefruit? Yes. What? Why else would you need an instrument like that? This is such a high maintenance fruit. It is. It has to have its own little spoon situation. Ain't there wrong you know with being high Use a maintenance. spork like the rest of us. Use a spork, damn it. Okay, a spork is not a real thing, first of all. That's ridiculous. Who then why does it have needs... a name? Okay, how many times? Okay, fair, fine, <laughs> whatever. How many times have you been eating a meal and you was like, you know what, I really wish I had a spork? Listen, no one ever wishes that, but it's handy when it's around, okay? It's only handy when it's around because you don't have an actual fork or a spoon. You have to use it. It has a utility, that's all I'm saying. No. Yeah, sh no, people agree with me. No, no, no. Hmm. Anyway. Yes? Grapefruits are delicious. People don't give them enough credit, enough consideration. You wake up in the morning, you're like, I really want something good to eat. You go to your refrigerator. Oh my God, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> And you go and you get that grapefruit that you had put in there the night before and it's just all cold and then you get it out and you cut it and you put the sugar on it and you get your grapefruit spoon and you take a bite. Jesus Christ. Praise is what I do. <laughs> Somebody grew up in church. Anyway, grapefruit is amazing. Also, ruby red grapefruit juice. So ruby red grapefruit juice is for people who can't really handle the original constitution of a grapefruit because it's a lot sweeter. But when it's cold, y'all know how I feel about ice water. When you get some ice cold ruby red grapefruit juice and you just thirsty and you just drink it down and it's just hitting all of the taste buds like, uh, 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 pow, bam, uh, thirst, uh. Gone. Uh, oh my gosh. Mm, 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 mm. That's what it feels like when you drink it. That's what it feels like. I have a question. Yes. So is like, would you rate it the same as like the grape to the grape juice situation? I don't that's understand the question. I don't understand the question. Like I love grapes. Grape juice is horrible. What? Anything what? grape flavored. Everybody is stand up, throw a chair. <laughs> Anarchy. Tear this shit up. Burn it down. That's ridiculous. I'm talking about the gap between like grape and grape flavored things is not as big for other things. Okay, that part I will agree with you with, but so grape I'm, juice I'm is just, not horrible. Okay, I'm just asking. Okay. If I, the grapefruit to the whatever grapefruit situation you're talking right, about, right. the juice. I'm of the opinion uh -huh. that grapefruit flavored things taste more like grapefruit than grape flavored things taste like grapes. Okay, that's all However, I was asking. However, grape flavored things are still wonderful. No. They know, yes See, they are. See, look at that mixed ass response. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> mixed grape, at best. Okay, y'all telling me y'all don't like grape Kool-Aid? Uh, Get out. No. Leave. I Leave. like the red one. Leave. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I think that's I the end of rounds. Anyway. We still family. <laughs> we went through a lot. 
tonight. That's we're, the end of we're already bonded. I forgive your mistakes because that's what I'm here to do, just like Jesus. Amen. Um, so you're Jesus in this situation, is what you're saying. I didn't say it. You said okay. it. I'm not going to disagree. Right. Okay. Um, but yes, my round is for grapefruit and grapefruit juice. Yo, for real, you guys, we've had such a great time tonight. This is only... Oh. Uh. Freestyle one time. Uh, uh. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, uh. I'm on stage. Hang oh, oh, the music's up. Oh, nope. Oh, hanging out. I'm on stage. We did not With my friends. This. And my if fam waiting on the song to end so I don't have to keep freestyling. But it started and now it's over. Oh no, the song's out. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> don't encourage this, Eleanor. <laughs> Shout out to Eleanor from the airport. <laughs> We did it. Yo, shout out to everyone in my Goofy Movie sing-along. <laughs> <laughs> we told y'all it was lit. We told y'all. Yes. Uh, shout out to the University of Michigan for bringing us here. Yes. Especially the School of Social Work and the People of Color Collective. Shout out to our new friends. Yes. And thank you to Tunde Alaniran for turning it all the way up. And for keeping blessing it us. all the way real. Yes. It, yes. Was, it was a party. It, it, was it truly so was. <laughs> thank you to Stacey Marie, the god who sometimes finds time to come and fix everyone's lives. Houseway. How, how and why. Genius. Oh my gosh, I was sitting in the office today and I was wearing my Lola wig and she walked by and was very casual, like, hey, LaFoy. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, someone sees me. I feel so seen and validated. <laughs> Damn it, Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> it was a drive by LaFoy. I was like, who, where is she? Where'd she go? Shout out to the Pod Squad. Pod Squad. Yes. You got a little unsure at the end. I I gotta, you know what? (laughs) You gotta follow through. You gotta follow through. (laughs) It's okay. Next time we'll be better. This episode was produced by Eleanor Kagan, Jenna Weiss-Berman, and Antonia Sarahito with production help from Julia Ferlin and Meg Kramer. My booze. This episode was recorded by Paul Ruest at Argo Studios and the live show was recorded by Jonah Thompson. Shout out to you both. Thank you to our super talented musical friends, Jean Grey. You can follow her on Twitter at Jean Greasy. And Don Will from the rap group, Tanya Morgan. You can follow him at D-O-N-W-I-L-L. Thank you, Sue Heaven. Shout out to Tracy. I should be a backup dancer for Beyonce Clayton. Do you know You what? are out here serving. Do you know For what? the children. <laughs> That's going on my business cards. Follow her at Brokey McPoverty for uh, more dancing. Well, probably not more dancing, but not more me dancing. Someone um, dancing. I heard allegedly you were dancing on a cop car. You know what? We're not gonna do. <laughs> Iconic vine of Tracy Clayton twerking them cheeks. <laughs> Never forget. That was wild. What a journey. That did happen. Uh, so you know what? You might get some more dancing. Who knows? <laughs> Follow Heaven on Twitter at Heaven Rants. Heaven like the place in the sky, and Rants like the thing that she likes to do. Yep. Um, I also like to give you good stuff in the newsletter. What? 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 Uh, if you, for some reason, have not signed up, go to buzzfeed.com slash another round slash newsletter and upgrade your life. Upgrade your entire life. It's so good. It's such a good newsletter. Do not forget that we now have merch available online for purchase at shop.buzzfeed.com. What a world. What a world we live in. 
You can let everybody know how much you love us. You can let everyone know you're about that life. Yeah. They will respect you more. Yes. Facts. Facts on facts. Also, check out our other BuzzFeed podcasts like Internet Explorer, The Tell Show, and our political podcast, No One Knows Anything. No one does. No one does. (laughs) Especially me. Uh, Hit us on the buzz. Hey. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Another Round. Email us at anotherround at buzzfeed.com. Rate us on iTunes, all the things, et cetera. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a conversation with myself while mm-hmm. you were saying words. Okay, and- wow. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder if my dad's ever going to know about the internet phenomenon that he started. Hit oh me my on the gosh. Buzz. People say that to me all the time. Hit me on the bus? Yeah. Your I dad's love iconic. It. I don't think I'll ever tell him. Uh, call your dad, drink some water, <laughs> take your meds. <laughs> and live your life. Live Smile your life. Today. Coin all the things. Mm-hmm. Bye. Ruby red grapefruit juice in particular. Regular grapefruit juice, don't. If it's not pink, don't drink it. That's what I told him. (laughs) Oh my God, Tracy! That didn't even really make sense. Y'all just nasty, that's how that is. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make sense. (laughs) I was taken aback, I will say. Please, with a lot of love of God, let this be the end of the round. (laughs) 